0: Welcome to No Matter What. I'm Hannah Seymour, and this podcast is all about being who God created you to be no matter what, no matter your past, your current circumstances, no matter your relationship status, your career journey, no matter what life throws at you. Each episode, I invite a friend to talk about what that actually looks like, to be who God created you to be no matter what. Well, I am sitting here now with one of my favorite people in the world. It's probably not even fair to say because there's no one I've had on this show that I don't like because (laughs) this is my show and I do what I want. But today I have in the studio my sister-in-law, Kaylee Seymour Dickerson. Seymour Dickerson. (laughs) Yes, I am here
1: with my sister-in-law.
0: And this is so fun. We have been on a couple podcasts together.
1: Yes, we're getting good at this.
0: Yeah, which I, it's always my favorite when I get to be a guest with you. Hands down. So now I get to be a host and you get to be the guest and I love it. Okay, so if you don't know who Kaylee is... I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Oh. If you don't know
1: who Kaylee is, who are you, Kaylee? Well, first of all, I would like to say um, I was team Tyler and Hannah getting married before they even knew it. <laughs> it's true. So first things first, I am a matchmaker for Miss Hannah. Seymour over here? So Hannah's husband is my brother, my fifth brother, and the one closest to me. There's only six of us, so it's not like I have seven brothers, but he is the fifth. <laughs> and uh, we both live in Nashville and i also live here because my husband is a country music yep. singer yeah so yeah his name is russell yep. dickerson and he has some songs on the radio I and
0: Ooh, maybe I'll, maybe i'll like pepper a couple <laughs> yeah, there the show. You go. like oh here's a little and i
1: tour full time i'm a touring wife yeah. and lots of other things touring wife speech writer yeah Music video maker, photo taker, just lots of things. You wear
0: lots of hats.
1: Merch designer.
0: So you were born and raised in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Yes. And you already said you had five big brothers. Yes. And I think that says a lot about a person. <laughs> and I think I was thinking about this this morning. It's kind of similar to PK, like Preacher's Kid Life, in that you can make a lot of assumptions about a person if they're a PK. I think it's easy to make assumptions about a person, and there's kind of two choices. Either it's like you are the like pink, pretty princess who is the yes. girliest girl in the universe, <laughs> or you're like the most tomboy in the universe. And I think you really. Are like the perfect blend of both. Like, Thank you. You are clearly a feminine, you know, being, but you are very low drama. Where I think sometimes women have a hard time in relationships, and uh, I think being not raised by five brothers, but <laughs> right, <laughs> but being around so many boys all the time, you just kind of learn to like be real with people and and boys, yeah.
1: I love, and now I, you
0: live with, I mean, yeah. on tour. Yes. You now live I, with I have, lots of boys.
1: There's 10. I think there's 10 boys on the bus. And Kaylee. And amazing. me. But yeah, I, I, in college, I felt a lot like a translator. Mm. Like our friends would be going through like a problem with their boyfriend or something. and I'd be like, all right, here's where he's coming from. Yeah. And I understand how you're feeling. But when you say it like that, he's only hearing this. Like yeah. I would just always translate to the male language. Yeah. Because it was, I knew that actually honestly better than... The female one. Right. I, I had a lot of like silent treatments and I was like, why are you mad at yeah. me? And they're like, well, you talk to my boyfriend. And things I didn't know. I was like, yeah, because he was there. Right. Because like, <laughs> he was in the room, you know. It, I didn't realize girl code. I was, didn't know. Like, I But I, I truly didn't know a lot. And I learned. I learned. Yeah. And now I have like the best girlfriends. But yeah. it took me a second. Yeah.
0: Okay. So this show is all about, you know, having the conviction of I'm going to be who God created me to be no matter what, no matter what my circumstances, et cetera. And I think, well, I keep saying this in every episode. It's like we all could go a million ways with that. And I think we're going to go a few different ways with that with you. So where I want to first start off is college-bound Kaylee. Who did you think God had created you to be? What was your (laughs) grand plan for your life?
1: I would have said verbatim, God has called me to be a Christian in the music industry. Okay, And I said that all through high school and because Tyler, he went to college when I was a freshman. Right. So I would visit him in Nashville and I was like, I'm going to move to Nashville. I love Nashville. I'm going to sing. I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to be a Christian in the music industry. And I always saw this visual of me sitting in a, on a couch with someone and they were just talking to me like almost like I was their therapist and I would sit and I would listen and they would cry and we would hug and I just like saw it all in my head. Mm. And I would tell them about Jesus, obviously. And I was sure I had to be a performer to be able to have that to have authority. That and yeah. yeah. to that they would even care what I would have to say. Sure. So I was like, I'm going to school for music and got to Nashville, saw what it really – saw it for what it was. Mm-hmm. And I had a very, very hard time being like, listen to me sing. Mm. And I had done musical theater all before that, so I was like a different – I could be a different person. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I could play a role and sing and almost like show off in that sense. But when it was just me, I think if I were to go back, I would be like, humility is not the same as like hiding. Mm.
2: Because
1: I definitely was like, I can't do that. I don't want to be showy. I don't want to be – I think I probably still struggle with that. And I know the Lord's going to deal with me on (laughs) – that at some point just not yet yeah
0: um well you know the c.s lewis quote and i'm paraphrasing it but it's like humility isn't thinking less of yourself it's not downplaying who you are It's thinking of yourself less
1: yes and amen and And i
0: come back to that all the time
1: i think i didn't read that quote till like senior year like it was already too late oh i
0: learned it like last year (laughs) okay but i
1: i yeah i just ended up doing photography and i loved championing everyone else and helping because i was really visually driven I kind of was both like I was tech savvy and I loved doing photography and I loved taking photos and then I channeled that into helping other people create their image their branding which then rolled into Russell Mm -hmm. and how we ended up not how we ended up dating but I used that to help him too but I would really help artists it kind of worked out great because I was friends with all the people who needed photos because I was still in the music school right and they were all making EPs and yeah. And so I did yeah. everyone's photos, headshots, and I created a business. And
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you're at Belmont. You realize, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't. Yes. I don't want to be an artist. I don't want to pursue this. Uh, partly because I don't want to get on stage and have everyone looking at me and singing. Mm-hmm. And then partly, I know, like you shared with me, because you weren't sure if you wanted the lifestyle.
1: Yes. And I, for sure, wanted kids. Growing up in a big family, I loved, I loved everything about it. And I just saw how often everyone was gone when they were for real touring and i was like i couldn't be the artist and raise my kids yeah which people do but totally but i even watching it like there's a lot of help there's like uh, you need oh, a lot yeah. of help and i'm sure we'll have a lot of help at some point i don't know but i really wanted to be super hands on i wanted to be there every day yeah and i was like that's just not realistic yeah and i and that's pretty much all i needed i was like kind of a no matter what for me was a family mm. and I was like I care more about my family than I ever will seeing my name in lights or right any of that I was like right. I don't I don't care right
0: so you make the mental decision because you still finish as a music major because yeah. what are you going to do at that point but yep. so photography decision, doesn't matter
1: and neither does a music degree yeah. I was like just finish yeah
0: <laughs> I'm just I'm not going to do this for a career doing photography I know you that was really your job after you graduated college how did you reconcile or did you reconcile that, you know, going back to kind of the vision you'd had for your life? Like I'm supposed to be a Christian in the entertainment industry. Were you trying to like figure out how that was going to work or did you just kind of think maybe I was wrong or do you no. think photography was the venue for that? Yeah, I did. Okay. It
1: was because I, it was still the same vein. I was speaking to artists. I spent a lot of one-on-one time with them driving to locations or whatever. And, and they'd tell me their story and and we would end up talking about God or relation. They would open up about their re- – so the same thing was happening. Like the therapy session was happening, but I was behind the camera. Yeah. And so that was still going on. So it filled – I mean, I just kind of do it no matter where I am. It it didn't have to be side yeah. stage. I just had imagined that. So I did the photography thing, and then as time progressed, Russ and I – well, we were friends all through college. But then we started dating, and I started going to his shows. Because people are like, do you have a problem with him touring? Like it's not the same thing to me, mm. because I'll be home, mm-hmm. like say he has crazy shows like I'll be home with my kids, mm-hmm. and he'll come home. It's just a different life. He's not gone nine to five, but he might be gone for two days and then he's home, home. for five, right And just with me. yeah. I mean, right now we don't have kids yet, but like right now're we're, we're together all the time. right. So in reality, I think our kids will see us more than I ever anticipated, mm-hmm. including him. Is but fascinating. Yeah. yeah, honestly, I yeah. did not see that coming. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so let's jump ahead a little bit because I, I love this part of your story of like, I think God really early in your life, which is not true for everyone, did kind of give you a vision and put a stamp on your heart of like, I've wired you to do this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, fast forward, you and Russell are married. Russ is playing shows and you find yourself literally living out that vision.
1: Yeah, I'll never forget it. We were like six months married and our friends from Florida Georgia Line asked us to come out on the road just because, like, at that point, we didn't have a tour bus. And so everything they were doing was so exciting for us because we were friends. And they really took us under their wing and were like, let's show you. Like, they would have Russ sit in on their radio interviews be like, bro, you need to know how to do this. That's amazing. Or like, hey, come out this weekend. Come watch these shows. And so there we are. We are nobodies. Truly <laughs> nobodies just hanging out with our friends. And I find myself in this like private back after show party that like not everyone was allowed in, even road crew that was out. Like it was so private. And all of a sudden I'm sitting on the couch with this person that everyone would know. And he's just telling me everything about his life. And I all of a sudden felt God tell me what he thought of him.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: I was like, hey, I want you to know, Christians may have said this, this, and this to you. yeah, But I want you to know like, God sees you as this, and this is who you're called to be, and this is who you're going to be, mm. and you are a good man, and you are a good father, and you are, like, all of these things, and this conversation was so incredible, and I'm sitting there, and I look over at Russ, and he's looking at me like, what is happening? How how are you in this conversation with this person? Because he didn't even know, Russ, they had, I mean, it right. was, I could have worked for, like, TMZ or for all he knew true I was
0: thinking like you were probably the janitor for all he knew no I mean it could have been that too
1: but like he just I mean like God's kindness of like there's something he does and I don't know what it is but it's a part of what he's called me to do that people's walls just fall and they're like I'm gonna tell you and we're gonna talk about it and I it's like such an honor obviously and I'm like well I should really go through therapy like training but then I, I thought about it I almost went to grad school uh huh and I felt the Lord just be like, I am the great counselor. Mm. And I was yeah. like, okie doke. Yeah. Much cheaper that way.
0: <laughs> so I will just listen I guess to what. you have some supernatural wisdom. Yeah. In the sermon, so. I guess
1: I'll just listen to what you've got to say about the situation yeah. and just relay it to your people. Yeah. 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 So that that's when it occurred to me. I was sitting there and I was on a couch. It was exactly what I saw that's in amazing. high school. And I was like, oh my. And it wasn't. I think it was also God's kindness that it's not that I forgot. Yeah. I was always in pursuit of the thing. I just wasn't conscious of being like, this is what he's called me to. I'm going to do it no matter what. Like I wasn't looking for a quote famous husband. Cause clearly he was not famous. Right. Right. <laughs> when right. We were dating. right. right. I wasn't in pursuit of like, he's going to be an artist and it's going to get me to where I, it just didn't even cross my mind. I think my photography was like, this is my way in the music mm. industry. Cool. I'm dealing with artists all the time. I was mm-hmm. being hired by labels to do, Album covers, like, yeah. help artists, like, do development deals. So I was like, I'm in the music industry. I didn't yeah. need him to get there. Right. And yeah. now we are both there. Right.
0: So I think what's interesting hearing you talk about taking photography and helping your friends with, you know, their visuals and branding and all of that, uh, you are an incredible champion of other people. Like, that's certainly one of your giftings and just natural wirings. And I think it's really kind of the Lord to bring you to Russ because I'm sure that there are a lot of (laughs) artists out there. There are a lot of just dreamers out there that have Mm -hmm. big dreams on their heart that want to do kind of impossible things that the world is going to tell them no a lot before anyone says yes, but maybe no one ever says yes. Uh, But for Russ to have a partner who is just already a champion of everyone. So of course she's going to be like, the number one champion of her own husband. I don't want to talk about this this whole time because I feel like you have told this part of y'all story a lot on other mediums, but I mean, you get married to Russ y'all have like no money. Yeah. And Russ believes talking about, I believe God has put me on the planet to do something. uh, He, he believes he's supposed to be a country artist and nothing Nothing. happened.
1: Yeah. It was fascinating because There was a lot of steps towards that. Like even in our relationship, he was another no matter what because God told me it was him. Mm. And I almost broke up with him. And I actually haven't gone – not all the podcasts I do are like faith-based. So I like Mm. don't really get to go all the way because I don't want to freak everyone out.
0: let's go all in, girl.
1: So (laughs) I almost broke up with him like 10 months into dating. Yeah. Because – well, before that, like there were all these little things that I felt like I could read his mind. God, now I know, like gave me discernment for him. Yeah. To like give him space or like when he was hanging out with his friends, I would feel Holy Spirit say, do not text him. Mm. And because he was a bit of a comitophobe and I felt like God walked me through step by step being together yeah, and giving him an adequate amount of space so he didn't freak out or yeah. run away. So that was the first inkling that I was like, this is different than anything I've ever been in before. Uh, uh-huh. This feels like, God, I've never... It's almost like I have a sixth sense for this guy. Mm. And we were friends, so I knew him. It wasn't just that. It was deeper than that. Yeah. And then six months in, he never told me that he was planning on saving I love you for who he proposed to. Uh-huh. Never told me that. So I'm sitting there being like, I know he loves me. If he doesn't have the guts to tell me, that's unattractive to me. Mm. And... I want someone who's bold in life and with me. And so I was like, I think I'm about to break up with him. Because it was 10 months. I mean, it was yeah a long time. Yeah. And so I drove home and I was like, this is it. And, I, oh, his roommate that day came home and was like, I told blah, blah, I love her. And he dated this girl for two weeks. And <laughs> I, I, which is definitely in his character. Like, he just was that guy. He yeah. fell fast and fell hard. And yeah and I was like are you freaking kidding me and I like I was trying not to cry I was like I've got to go and I just left and I drove home and I was like I'm about to break up with this guy yeah and I got in my bed and I bawled my eyes out and I was like I'm about to break up with my best friend and um I was like God I feel like you've showed me this is him but if it's not I need you to fill me with joy right now Mm. and I'd never prayed anything like that I grew up Presbyterian like I had (laughs) like there was no like none of this had ever happened yeah anything that was about to happen had never happened to me and I'd never even heard about it yeah and so I'm laying there in my bed and I'll never forget my hands were on top of the covers and all of a sudden this weight just fell on me and my whole body started tingling and I just started laughing like I kid you not I just started laughing (laughs) And then I started laughing at the fact that I was laughing, sure. like in church <laughs> yeah, when you're not yeah, supposed yeah. to laugh. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And I just I just laid there. And at that point, I didn't even care about Russell. I was like, God, please don't go. <laughs> like it was like so – it was like the tangible presence. Of, and finally, I, I said it to someone, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's like what baptism by fire feels like. Wow, and I was like, I have no idea. I truly don't yeah. even know what that's called. Yeah. I I had no clue. You're like, yeah,
0: I just was talking to God and was like, I need. I, need I just some help need here. you. I need you
1: right now. <laughs> I need to know. And I I felt it, and I was like, oh, okay. And so I didn't break up with him, and then a month later, he broke up with me. Yeah. And, okay, okay,
0: time out. Because <laughs> a question I like to ask people a lot of the time is, I think we fall victim way too often. We let our circumstance tell us who God is. Oh.
1: And, I will preach on that. And
0: so I think we just believe all these lies about what our circumstance tells us instead of going back to the word, going back to God's spirit. Yes. Who is? Who does God say he is? And we have to bank yes. our lives on that. I mean, no matter what, no matter what. We right. can say that 8,000 times on the show. What were you tempted to believe God was in that circumstance? Because you were convinced
1: it was rest and then he breaks up with you. Right. I, um, and it's something I said to him as we were getting back together, it didn't change God to me, it changed. I said to Russ, I was like, if you don't figure this out, I don't know if I believe in soulmates anymore. Hmm. And I said, I, because why should I be punished? Because you can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and I, soulmates is such an interesting thing. I think, I think it kind of, I've actually written about this, that it's like predestination almost. That it's the plans God has for you because he knows Before you do Mm -hmm. it, what you're going to do. I think it all falls under. It's like a very interesting, complex thing. But I do believe like I can't look at our lives and our situation and not believe that God called us to be together and called us. I was like, if God calls us to a job and how much more does he call us to a person in a covenant? Yeah. You know, and I think people overcomplicate it and they're like, is this my soulmate? Is this the one? And like you just I always just pray for God's best for your life. You're never going to find the perfect person. But you can find what God's best for you is. And there are so many avenues to go on that. But I said that to him and I still, I still did not have a moment of like, God is not good. God, Mm. like I never, I cried. So he told me like we were breaking up. He was like, you're not the one. He believed all these lies and he'll, he'll say that to be famous. He had to be single and he had to focus on his career and he had to do all these things. And, and I just looked at him dead in the face. He started crying before I did. And I was like, you're wrong because I'd had that experience I like on, I could stand on something so sure. And I was like, you're wrong, mm. but go do whatever you have to do. Mm. And he was like, we're not getting back together, we'll, but we'll be friends. And I was, I was like, like, hail, we will.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was
1: like, cause I knew him too. I was like, you don't get both yeah. with me. Yeah. You don't, it's too complicated. Yeah. And I was like, I love you and I believe in you. Yeah. Like go get them. But. We are never going to be friends. Yeah. And so I moved on. I started dating other people. He started dating other people. But I, at that point, I knew enough that I was like, God, if this is your will, bring him back. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, keep him. Mm -hmm. Because my prayer since I'd had a bad relationship from high school was always, God, if this isn't your best for me, take him.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I prayed that all through my relationship with Russell. So, like, even when he left, I was like, okay. He must not be your best, which is astonishing to me because I don't know—I truly don't know a better person. I still feel like that, yeah. and I'm like, well, I can't wait to see who this is. Yeah. If it's if you have something better for me than him, and turns out he didn't. <laughs> turns out <laughs> this is the pinnacle for me. Um, Praise God. But and that I'm was so a no matter he's my what. <laughs> and we, yes, and we got back together. But he still—I remember being like, God, is this? I told him, I said, I'm not getting back together with you until you tell me I am the one. I'm not going through this back and forth. And he was like, I don't know if I, I don't think I can't, I can't, I don't know. I don't know. I just know I love you and I need you and like all these things. And I went home that day and the Lord corrected me and he corrected me quick. And he was like, do you need to hear it from him or do you need to hear it from me? Wow. And I was like, okay, just you. And I told Russell, I was like, I'm sorry. And I'll never ask you that again. It's was like, take your time. Wow. Mm-hmm. But then we went on all these missions trips and people were just prophesying over us around the country, around the world. We were in Israel. We were in Europe. And they were like, you're going to come back married with children. another guy was like, your marriage is going to show the world the father's love for his people. And that that's the word that got me through the no matter what of early marriage. Yeah. Was he basically told me my life, things I was ashamed of, all kinds of stuff. He just mm-hmm. – things that not a lot of people knew.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he just like prophesied over me in – where were we? England. And I was like, yep, all right. You've read my mail. Like he was like, I have a message for you yeah. basically. Yeah. And he said to me – he was like, the things in your past you wish you could erase, I want you to know God hasn't put a Band-Aid on them. Ooh. He goes, he has healed you better than it was before. And I was like, whoa, okay, thank you. And he said, in this relationship you're in, this marriage, he didn't know we were just dating. Uh-huh. He said, it's going to be a marriage and this marriage is going to show the world the Father's love for his people. And this marriage is going to heal marriages. Wow. And he was like, you're, this is what's crazy. He said, there are going to be people who just see you and you won't even say anything to them and they will reverse and stop their divorce. Wow. And he had no idea. Like, he had no idea the millions of people that will see us that we'll never get to personally speak to. Right. And the fact he didn't know that one of the things I'm obviously most passionate about is marriage and healthy marriage and family and helping people get there. Yeah. And obviously a relationship with the Lord. But, like, he had no idea. So when we were getting no's and when it was didn't seem like it was going to work, we would, like, walk around this wall in our house. We called it the Jericho wall. And before we sell it, I actually want to take like a piece of the paint and like frame it in our house because there's no telling how many laps we've done around that wall. And um, now it's the island. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this wall cannot fall though. Like none of these walls can fall. We'll just pray around them. And that's what we would walk and pray. Be like, you told us this was going to be, you told us this was going to be to the nations. You told us Mm -hmm. that there would be millions of people. And you told us to the world that our marriage would show it to the world. Mm-hmm. And there's only one way it's going to the world. Mm-hmm. And we would walk and pray and walk and pray and just prayed until we saw it, honestly.
0: So even amidst, I mean, years <laughs> yeah, of years. hearing no, of Russ, I mean, just no's, 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 not making any money, more no's, yeah. less money, more no's, less yeah. money. Yeah, I love
1: how you really truly got to see how poor we were, you know? Like, <laughs> not everyone got to know. Like, we'd have people over and I would, like, cook a bunch of take and bake Aldi pizzas, you know? And it seemed like we, that would like have drained my bank account to like feed our friends coming over and we did box wine and, but I loved it. But y'all really knew how actually broke we were (laughs) because family, you're like, someone pray for them.
0: But I mean, y'all really never, again, you never let that circumstance, you never believed a lie about God. You never believed lies over who y'all were called to be, what your marriage was called to be. How did you do that? I mean, practically speaking, what was it that fueled y'all to trust God no matter what, to believe that he was a good father, a perfect provider, a, a way maker? I mean, all these things yeah. that we can say, we can be so glib about it. But yeah, that, I, I don't know if I have witnessed many people that have lived life in such a long season of waiting with such incredible conviction that God is who he says he is and that he's got a good plan and this is going to turn out <laughs> just better than okay. You yeah, know, like... I,
1: I feel like he gave us breadcrumbs, like anyone. Mm. Like, I feel like he'll give you enough and you'll have this little thing happen. And it's so funny how, like, we look back, we went and celebrated a dinner. We should never have done this. Looking back, We went and had a nice dinner because he had an A&R meeting with a person at Big Machine. We're like, this is it. It's happening. We spent like $60 on a meal we didn't have. Oh, my gosh. Just because he met with someone. You know, like we always celebrated the little thing that like was getting us through. Yeah. But it doesn't mean – we always believed him. Hmm. But it doesn't mean we weren't discouraged or there were times we would see people succeed that were not good people. Oh, yeah and it would like every time i read that in psalms or proverbs where it talks about watching the wicked succeed mm, mm-hmm. and how they have the spoils and they have the rich they have all these yeah. things and like we very visibly saw that yeah and none of them were like friends of ours but you watch it and it was very difficult and it's still it's still sometimes hard yeah. for us to watch someone get something or some award or something when you Know what's behind the curtain, and you're like, God, why is that being blessed? Mm. And that is frustrating. And but truly, what matters, you know, not to be like all Solomon of like it's all worthless under the sun, <laughs> right. but like it really is like what after we've gotten anything, three number ones, like I feel no different, and I know he feels no different. Yeah, it really does not satisfy. So, I can't imagine being the person consuming and consuming whatever they can have to bring peace and happiness and all these things. That's why I think a lot of people have drug problems because like you think it's going to be one thing, yeah. but nothing satisfies. Yeah, And so it's just more and more and more. I need more more and more. And there's just such a contentment I think in him and me that I appreciate, especially in him that he's not, cause he's an Enneagram seven. I mean, yeah. they can be more and more and more right. and he's, he's more like, I would like, next level, next level, let's keep going. Yeah. But it's not, it's not out of like that thing's going to make me happy uh-huh. or like that thing's going to satisfy. Y'all are
0: already content. Yeah. You're already fulfilled. You're already, you're not yeah. looking for your circumstances. He could to be a worship leader in our church or... the
1: rest of our lives and he would be just as happy. Yeah, I mean, it would, there'd be a feeling of we're not doing what God told us to do. Yeah. There would be a discontent yeah. there. Yeah. But like if God called him to do that for the rest of our lives, he would be like, great. Yeah yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: Was there a certain verse or passage that y'all really clung to during that time?
1: Yeah, we've always been Matthew six thirty three 33 people. Mm-hmm. The seek first the kingdom and all of these things will be added. Mm-hmm. Because that was like all we could do was like, I'm just going to seek. I'm just going to seek you. Yep. I'm just going to seek you. And you're going to add it to me when it is time. Yeah. And and the, the verse that was no good thing to see withhold from those who mm-hmm. walk uprightly. Mm-hmm. We continue. We're like, if we don't have it yet, it's because it's not good. Mm. and it's not good for us, or it's not as good as we think it's going to be. Yep. Like, he withholds nothing. No
0: good thing.
1: Yeah. Nothing. So yeah. if, it's, if it's not ours yet, it's just not good yet. Yeah, It's not good for us, or it's not good for the situation, or what we think is going to be good. Yep. And um, those two really were pretty – Pivotal clung to those. Yeah.
0: There's a Bible teacher in town named Paige Brown. And before she got married, and I don't know how long she was single, but that, I know that's a big piece of her story. She got married way later than I think what was, what she thought was appropriate. (laughs) And she wrote this little article. It's so funny. I mean, it's on my website somewhere, but it was like clearly something she wrote that was like in a church newsletter. And she wrote this, I don't even know what to call it. It's, it wasn't a blog, you know, it was a, a newsletter yeah. article. She wrote this piece about, it was rooted in singleness and struggling, you know, how do we struggle? We want to be married and we're single. And really her thesis of this whole piece was going back to who withholds no good thing. And basically she says, God cannot be less good to you. That is physically impossible. God is all good all the time. He literally cannot be less good to you. and then she took it back to the cross and basically says, you know, the day he chose to submit to God's will and be murdered brutally mm-hmm. on the cross for all of mankind, for you for me, we think like well that was his ultimate day of goodness. But no, he actually cannot be any less good to you on this random Thursday than he was that day on the cross.
1: Woo, that is good.
0: And she brought it back to her, you know, season of singleness. Like I may think God is withholding a good thing. It's a good thing to be married. It's something that I desire. But in fact, it is impossible for him to be less good to me. He is just as good as the day he died on the cross on this random so good. Thursday.
1: And that kind of goes back to when people believe they ebb and flow on God's goodness based on their circumstances. Yeah. And like, that's what I, I'm like, how dare any of us, like, you look at Jesus' life, and I think it's such a Western American, the American dream, the American gospel dream. It's like, your life's going to be fabulous and wonderful oh, yeah. once you give your life to the Lord. I'm like, look at the apostles. Look at Jesus. He was the least of these. Yeah. And he was the most. What makes us think? And he he's promises like, He's going to elevate us. Yeah. He's going <laughs> to elevate us. He's going to do this, which seems kind of funny coming from someone he definitely has He's elevated us, but it was, I don't expect everything in life to be smooth sailing yeah. and um, how silly. Yeah. And it wasn't, it was not smooth sailing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Which I think is so fascinating because it would be really easy for someone to like tune in to you and rest today and be like, their life has been.
1: Yeah. Look at, and I feel like that now because yeah. we have this beautiful home that we've remodeled yeah. and it's a little hard for me even yeah. because. People come in, they're like, look at this beautiful kitchen.
0: Yeah. Y'all must be making so much money Right, now, and, and I'm just like, you have no idea.
1: And Ru- you have no idea where we've been, what we've done to have this. Yeah. And um, Russ said it best one day. He was like, babe, we get to rest in our exhaustion.
2: Mm.
1: And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, we now sleep in our what exhausted us. Wow. Like all of those years of driving the van and sleeping in a van with seatbelts up our backs and years and years of that. That paid for this that we, like, now get to rest. And I feel like that was kind of my mentality was head down, get through it. Yeah. We need to buckle down for a few years yeah or this will never happen. Yeah. And we did. And, I mean, we put kids on hold. We did all the things on hold to just be like, we have got to make this happen. And obviously the Lord did it because if it was still us, we'd still be just out there and he'd probably be on Broadway or whatever. Right. Right. But – yeah, it was head down, just keep going, keep going, keep grinding, keep yeah, going. And yeah. then finally it lifted. <laughs> but we're so thankful. I wouldn't change any part of the story because I know a lot of people who didn't drive the van and who were just handed a bus and yeah. their level of gratitude is different than ours. That yeah. They can never have the appreciation that someone who drove and did the grind. And yeah. you just can't. You can't buy that experience. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Just want to interrupt this conversation for a second to talk about high school graduation gifts. Tis the season when students are graduating high school and headed off to college, and I have the perfect gift for you to give a college-bound girl. It's my book, The College Girl's Survival Guide, which I wrote from my 10 plus years of working on college campuses and mentoring college students. It's biblically based, but a super practical approach on how to handle the ups and downs of college life. Covering the top 52 biggest concerns of college women today. Things ranging from roommate conflicts to dating relationships, how to stand firm in your faith, to finding career direction. You can buy it from me at hannahseymour.com and I personalize it by writing a note to your college bound girl and sign it for free. If you just use the code, no matter what, all one word at hannahseymour.com, but get it now because I have a limited amount of copies. Again, that's code no matter what at hannahseymour.com. So talking about putting kids on hold, I think it would be easy for a lot of people to be like, yeah, look, life's just kind of been handed to you and you kind of get whatever you want and a little more inside information here, Tyler often tells the story like, yeah, well, God loves Kaylee, but you know, does God love me? And I mean, it's kind of this running joke, like Kaylee, oh yeah, she prayed for that. She got it. She did, (laughs) you know, she prayed for that. She got it. Well, God loves Kaylee. God loves Kaylee. Kaylee gets everything she wants because God loves her. And yes, the reality is God loves you, but not everything has been handed to you. And, you know, at some point I remember you starting to talk to Tyler and I about, okay, like we're, you know, starting to map out our family planning some more? You, you're in Russ's. And so we're thinking we're, we're going to try to start getting pregnant, you know, whatever year this is. And uh we're going to start trying this month because we want to be pregnant by this month and this year. And, you know, y'all yeah. like plan it down <laughs> to the T, which a lot of people do that. Right. And I remember Tyler and I just kind of like looking at each other. And really, I'm sending like laser beams through my eyes to him. Like, don't you dare say anything to that girl. Like, you keep <laughs> your mouth shut. because Do not crush her dreams. Yeah, Tyler, dream crusher. Tyler's a dream crusher. And he definitely is with people that he's comfortable with which of course is his sister. And (laughs) I'm like, shut your mouth. Do not say anything to her. I know what you're (laughs) thinking. Don't say it. But I remember after y'all had left and we were together and us both kind of shaking our heads like, okay, I mean, it does happen. People do try to have a baby in the very first month, the very first time they conceive and God does love Kaylee. So (laughs) it's totally possible that that will be their story. That wasn't mine and Tyler's story. And so I think We were nervous and worried and and prayed about it a lot of like, okay, Lord, you're in control of their family. You know the exact little boy or girl that you want to bring into this world through them. And so you're all over this timing and we know it, but help them if it doesn't go that way. If it does, I think help our hearts because we're going to be like eye roll wide, you know. Um, But eventually y'all start trying.
1: Yeah. And it took... Probably eight months because I am pregnant in case you haven't heard this elsewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a journey. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We tried to plan it so that he'd be done touring because we do have a little bit of an interesting situation that it's not like he's working 30 minutes up the street. He can tell his boss, his wife's in labor, he's got to go to the hospital and he gets to leave work and have off days. And like, it's just, that's not our reality. There is no... Substitute for Russell Dickerson. We can't send our guitar player out there to sing when people bought tickets for Russell. You know, yeah. there's no, you can't do that. And touring, we only really get a break December and January. So we were trying our, we're like, all right, let's try for. Anyway, didn't happen, didn't happen, didn't happen, didn't happen. Long story short, yeah, took actually eight months. And this was also a no matter what, like I knew I was called to be a mother, and he is going to be an incredible father. So. I was like, this is not, not going to happen. And it took a lot to like believe everything was okay because you start to be like, is something wrong with me? Is something wrong with yeah. you? You can get really introspective real quick. And in October, we had positive tests and um, we we're like, oh my gosh, we're pregnant, we're pregnant. And it turned out to be a chemical pregnancy, which if no one knows what that is, I'm not totally sure. So don't quote me. It's kind of confusing. And I was in a bit of a blur when they're like telling you there's no baby and- You're just emotional. And so I can't – what I kind of remember them saying is that my hormones thought I was pregnant. Basically, there was fertilization of the egg, but the implantation wasn't successful. Either it was and then it didn't – I don't know. So either way, you just bleed like a week and a half later than you're supposed to. And so I was like, something's wrong. And so we went through that actually exactly when every little thing went number one. Wow. I had blood on a Saturday and it goes number one at midnight on Sundays. And, uh, we went to get an ultrasound on Monday and they're like, we can't find a baby. And, uh, obviously we were devastated. And so it was just such a whirlwind, like such a high and such a low, like all at the same time. And what I actually really appreciate about him, cause I haven't told this story actually publicly at all. So this is the first, <laughs> there's a lot of guys who would have been in their own space and world. Like I just got a number one. I just, and yeah. looking back, I had to remember he had a number one that week. Because yeah. it was never brought up. It was not talked about. He was just with me and he was mourning and I was mourning. And wow. it's such a crazy thing to think about. But um, after that, we'd been going to church. We always go to church, but we were off the road a little more. So it was we were just there more, which was great. And I won't ever forget our pastor that next week. We go to The Belonging, by the way, if you go to Nashville, it's great if you live in Nashville. But Alex was up there and she started telling the story of the church. She was like, I feel like I need to remind everyone. When God calls you to something, the steps he takes, basically, like when he's called you to something to not give up. And she said it started seven years ago with seven people in the basement. And she starts giving all of these numbers and they were all sevens. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is really interesting. And I just kind of, I was like, his promise is yes and amen. Like this is going to happen. Because besides that, I, sorry, I should have told this part first. When we decided to start having kids, I asked for confirmation from the Lord. So I was like, I would like three dreams of my own, and I would like three outside dreams. And this I, is the
0: kind of God loves Kaylee stuff that we're talking about. Most people are like, God, I, I want <laughs> these dreams and these signs of God's Like, guess what? I don't work on your demands. So I'm going to live my life, and you're going to live yours within my life.
1: Well, I was I was just like, I, I say those things, but only because I'm in a position of like, I actually want your best. Like, yeah. I want your plan, and I just want to know what that is. So if it's time. I will know it when it's time, when these things happen, basically putting the fleece up. So I had my three dreams and I prayed that the last dream I had, someone would have one the same night. I got super specific because our life is tricky and I didn't want – my whole thing was I don't want to multiply our family, which was the Lord, but I don't want to multiply our family when it will divide us. Hmm. And so that was going to be a very specific point in time. Mm-hmm. And if I had had a kid last year, we would have never seen Russell. Yeah. I mean, we I think he had 130 shows. It was insane. And I wouldn't have been – we share a bus. We don't have two buses yet. Yeah, And so I would have been home. And yeah. God's timing is obviously perfect. So I had my two dreams. I had a bunch of friends actually text me. I, at this point, I swear there's probably 25, 30 dreams from other people being like, I had a dream you were pregnant. But the third dream – that happened for me I was in London and I was like well let's see if anyone's gonna text me like six hours later because time change, and we'll see and no one texts me and two days later my friend Ainsley texts me and she goes I totally forgot to tell you two nights ago I had a dream you were pregnant (laughs) and I was like what And I I was like all right I was like okay that's like and which is so silly because I'm like all right lord like please let's just keep going you know like (laughs) if we're like really sure like are we really sure And we were on tour at that point in Europe. So then like four days later, we were in Italy and a friend texted me again. She was like, last night I had a dream you were pregnant. And I was like, all right, he's like serious. And so I told Russell and he was like, all right, it's like go time. And so all the time while we're waiting, it was also God's kindness that that happened because while I was waiting, I was like, you've told me. Mm -hmm. Like you've told me this is Mm going to happen and I just have to believe your timing and So by the time we found out I was pregnant, uh, it was January 1st, and I looked at it, and we got pregnant the seventh month of our seventh year of marriage. Wow. And I was like, I see you. (laughs) I see you in the sevens, and you're perfect timing, and I'm so sorry I got frustrated, and I'm so sorry I was so heartbroken. And I think the overarching theme of our lives and waiting for this and waiting for his career is... I think you had said, if God could write something to you mm. of what what's to come, if he could tell you what's to come before, mm-hmm. I feel like it would be like, just wait. Mm. Like, not in a just, yes, just wait. Like, in a don't strive, don't try, and yeah. like, do things that I'm not telling you to do. Right. Like, just wait right. on me, obviously, but also, like, just you wait. Yeah. And see, yeah. like, what I have. So I found out I was pregnant New Year's Day, which Tyler, your husband, actually had a dream about the night before. Yep. Several people actually did the night before. And so, yeah, it took me a little while, too, to even rest in – like, it was almost like I was holding my breath, like, because of my experience. I was like, I don't want to get all my hopes up again if it's going to hurt me again. And so there's always that balance. But I feel like I'm finally in a place that – like, I'm like, this is real. Like, we're having a child. Yeah.
0: (laughs) This is real. it is really real. And it's
1: exciting. And, I mean – God's planning we get a second bus in July that was always planned and baby will be here in September
0: so amazing like I
1: won't even fit on the bus after July because yeah. there's 12 people on there like yeah. we're squeezing by each other now <laughs> so like it would I mean in perfect right. time I swear right. it'll be like July and I'll be like I can barely move around here
0: yeah
1: and we'll be moving to our own bus yeah that is like I mean, even, only God can plan it yes even if we had gotten pregnant when we started trying we would have had a baby in November or Mm -hmm. December of this year do you know what was happening then our house was in shambles and we we were like still unpacking and moving the 23rd of December yeah our house was not done we were so not prepared to have a child in there right we're still kind of not right like we still need this year yeah so yeah yeah hindsight you're just like well it'll all work
0: out I know I know so you quickly mentioned something and I want to go back to it so Russ's third single has dropped and just hit number one the same week that you learn you are no longer pregnant. And I know that's like another theme in y'all's story where it's like almost any time y'all have gotten really incredible news, the same week, sometimes the same day, something really hard happens. Yeah. You don't need to like talk specifics about those things, but I'm just kind of curious your thoughts. Like, I think a lot of us live in similar seasons, but they're probably not as dramatic, I think, as y'all's story has been. But I mean, that's life, right? It's like there are seasons that have incredible joy and incredible hardship. And I think the blessing and curse of being a believer, if that sounds bad, I shouldn't say it. There's no cursing, but the the hard part is learning how to live in that tension because that's every day. So Mm. like, what have you learned as, I mean, this has happened to you multiple times. It's
1: happened every time. Every single yeah. time, yeah. And what's hard is every one of them have been incredibly private. Mm. Like no one would know any of those things happened yeah. publicly.
0: So everyone from the outside is looking in. Y'all like, just congratulations, had some major success.
1: And we're sitting there being like, our world is crashing in. Wow. And and each time it ended up not coming to. Fr- it was like a threat of something like this could happen.
2: Mm.
1: And each time it it didn't. Mm in the case of the miscarriage, chemical pregnancy, whatever you want to call it, that obviously did come to fruition, but yeah, each time it was something incredibly hard and private and so it was like we just turned towards each other, which was nice. Mm -hmm. It was almost like a reminder of how temporal all these things are. Mm -hmm. Honestly, every time it was like, these things matter but they don't. Yeah. And kind of re-centers you on like, all right, let's go back to the core. What matters? What do we need to fight for? How do we get through this and we do every time but we turn inward and do so obviously turn to the Lord I mean that night when I was I don't know bleeding whatever you want to say we just had worship music on and we were walking and praying around our house and like on our face Mm. and either way it was worship to the Lord like losing a baby also thanking him for how far we had come and it was all of it kind of in one yeah I think the main lesson that I think I'd want people to know is you just never know what someone's going through. Yeah. It's really hard to know, especially in the Instagram world of what's truly going on behind the scenes. And I'll see some like haters. They don't, we don't really have the haters now, but I'll see it on some of our friends stuff. And it's really hard for me. Like people will say things about how they spend their money or whatever, you know? And I'm like, you have no idea how much money they give away. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like they'll be mad about a pair of shoes that's however much and I'm like you have that person I know for a fact wrote a hundred thousand dollar check for St. Jude last week yeah who cares that she's wearing five hundred dollar shoes right you know it's like it's like you just get to you see you just have no idea you don't really truly know a person unless you actually know a person and you guys knew what was going on with us and the people closest to us did but not everyone else obviously there's only so far you're willing to let people in and especially in that moment now I'm willing to let all y'all in but at the time it was hunker down who who's safe yeah who's our people and
0: I think what's fascinating hearing you talk I just kind of started thinking through in the very first episode of this podcast I talked to my dad about this desire like I want my life to matter and I want it to matter for the kingdom not like this like selfish like I want to be somebody no it's like I don't want it to get to heaven and look back over the hundred years I spent on earth and be like wow really blew it (laughs) could have like really made an impact and really and I just kind of hung out you know like, like we've got one we had
1: really great cheese plates though yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: like we have one precious life on this earth right. on this side of heaven and I want it to mean something and I think it's easy for a lot of us to get caught up in well for it to really mean something there has to be like fame and fortune and and really it's the things that our American culture our western culture have really identified as like This is what actually matters in life. And hearing you talk about all these accolades and successes as Russ's career grows, like at the end of the day, they don't really matter. And uh, I was just thinking about how interesting that is. They matter in the sense that it matters for Russ's career. It means that his platform is growing, his audience is growing, all of that. But in the spiritual realm, all that matters is that you two are showing up and being who God made you to be today wherever your feet are and most of the time that's with the guys on your bus it's the people at the venue that you're interacting with it's Mm -hmm. the handful of fans I mean that's what's crazy is like you're not interacting with fans I mean really when and the scope of the people that you interact with on a daily basis they are a really tiny percentage yeah when it comes to face to face right like yeah we get we
1: get face to face with probably a hundred people a hundred strangers typically But within a 15-minute window. Yeah. So it's, hi, hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm Kaylee. What's your name?
0: Yeah,
1: And that, in order to not make that feel like an endless hamster wheel of meaningless conversation, I have to be like, all right, well, then that person follows me. And then that person spends time with me when I share things or post a coffee with Kaylee or yeah. I post something about, you know, and yeah. cause yeah, like being where our feet are, it's like literally a different state every day. It's just, mm-hmm. and really it's
0: like what God cares about the most is like, is Russ the man he wants him to be? Is Russ the husband that right. he wants, yeah. that God wants Russ to be? Is Russ the father that God wants him to be? Is like, right. And it, that's the same for all of us, right? Yes. Like, so while your life in one lens looks <laughs> Completely different than (laughs) the majority of America in the spiritual realm.
1: Oh, it's it's exactly the same. Exactly the same. And it's how do you steward all these things. And honestly, we don't really get to live. We don't get to live two different lives because we live with our employees, which is also a very odd thing. Yeah. Like we don't go home from work on the bus. We live with these people for 72 hours at least at a time. So they see Russ on stage, off stage. There is no... He's one way here and gets to be another way there. It's yeah. him just being him and me being me. And and it is. It's tangibly loving our Birch guy through a situation and sitting and talking. You know, it's yeah. it's being kind to the person who makes sure people who are backstage aren't backstage, who aren't yeah. supposed to be there. Yeah. And just calling people by their first name, uh-huh. letting, know, letting them know you care. And, yeah, it is interesting. And then coming home, what's hard for us is when we come home, we go pretty recluse. We're yeah. like – we're shutting it down Yeah. because we live. We live with twelve people, right? <laughs> like half of our week is shared, and I share him half the week. Yeah, and so when we come home, we try to at least have one full day of just us, uh-huh. not leaving the house, uh-huh. not seeing anyone else. Just and it doesn't even have like not alone. Like, so how is your soul? How is your heart? How's, yeah, you know, it's yeah. not that. It's like we could be watching Gilmore Girls for all I care. Right. It's just like being together with no one else. Yeah, yeah, it, it's exactly the same. All that matters is doing what God's called us to do and loving people well and leading people to Jesus. That is all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about that actually this morning because we had a group thing and some of these people are going about things the wrong way, right? Some artists like doing this because they're told it's supposed to be like that. Mm -hmm. And there are just so many lies the enemy says to artists of what their life is supposed to look like Mm -hmm. and what's acceptable. That's not. And there's a small group and they're, I mean our friends and of, just like good men and good women who are artists and, um, have a lot of boundaries in place to protect their families and they're just wise people. But I was like, it's so interesting to watch. I love watching the good ones thrive. And I'm not even Mm -hmm. talking about Russell. Like I'm someone, one of our friends, we were with him today and, and he was just talking about the things he does to protect his family in front of this like panel basically. And, And I was like, I love watching the good ones win. And Mm -hmm. I love watching the ones, like, being good examples of who God calls us to be win.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: I was like, I was just praying, and that's what Russ and I were saying. I was like, I just pray that all these people in this room shift their approach. Like, you don't have to hustle. You don't have to be this thing. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have no boundaries that everyone has access to and your family suffers. You don't have to go about this the wrong way. You can do it God's way and succeed. Wow. Yeah, it was really eye-opening today because you watched – you tangibly saw the good person like win. Wow. It was cool. That was really cool. Okay. Well, my
0: last question, like you may have just answered it, but I have a feeling you'll have a little bit more to say, but I really think as we've unpacked different pieces of your story, it really comes down to waiting Mm -hmm. and the Lord saying like, just you wait. And so my question is, For the folks that are listening to this and they are in a season of waiting and the waiting has gotten long and hard, whether it's career or fertility or marriage or whatever. I mean, there's so many things that we want and hope for and wait for. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What would you say to them?
1: I feel like wait well is obviously the answer, but feels like how, how, like how do you? (laughs) Yeah. I think being proactive in your waiting there was a lot of stuff i believe in like breaking off generational curses on your family Mm -hmm. or that your words matter Mm -hmm. so if you're waiting and you're like well i'll never get pregnant or i'll i'll never get married Mm -hmm. i'll be single forever like even as a joke i think that matters yeah so first of all i would be practical in your waiting be like all right god whatever generational Maybe there's generational infertility or generational singleness or yeah. whatever is in my family that is not your plan for my life. I break it off in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would start there. Yeah. It's very simple. Yeah. And then I would just keep praying and believing. Pray out loud. Pray alone. Pray on your walk. You know, find verses that yeah. coincide. You're like, God, just highlight them as I'm reading. Like You can also do a, a search. But like I think – it's really powerful when you've been reading and all of a sudden it pops and you're like, oh, that is for me and that is for right now. Mm-hmm. And You're talking about reading it, the Bible specifically? Yeah, 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 yeah. Put it put it on a, a wall. Put it on, yeah. on your phone background. Yeah. Like my phone, I think it might still be. Yeah, it says, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. Mm. And I have had that there since before I got pregnant. Yeah. And I was like, you told me that this would happen yeah. through so many dreams, through yeah. – And so I was like, blessed is she who believes that the Lord will do what he has spoken to her. And I put it as my phone background so that I wouldn't forget. Yeah. Those are my practical ways to wait. Yeah. Yeah. And comparison, obviously, is a problem for everybody. Yeah. I would encourage you, if you're really struggling with that, you have every right to unfollow and mute Uh people on your socials. And I'm a big fan of mute. They don't know you've unfollowed them. (laughs) But you don't have to see what's going on if it's a problem. And I think that's a really practical way to to wait and cut your social media, too. Like, if you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, like, how are you actively waiting? Yeah. And I remember, because there's two sides to that. For the longest time, I think we thought God was just going to hand it to us, too. And I remember one day him saying, put your hand to the plow. Mm. And I was like, all right. And that's when we made the Yours music video. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'll I'll make – he's like, do this as if it relies on you. Like, obviously it doesn't. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And so we made a music video, and that's what got him on XM to Spotify to get a record label, the whole thing. Yeah. Got nominated for a CMT, this little video. He yeah. and I just – it changed everything, and it was because the Lord said, "Put your hand to the yeah. plow." He
0: said, "All right, time to work." Yeah, like yeah. we will co-labor, but you yeah. got you got to labor because yeah. waiting doesn't mean sitting on your tushy. No, but it also I think the other side that we swing to a lot is like hustle and kick down all the doors. Right. And I think there's very much this culture right now, especially for some reason for women, is like whatever your dream is, do it at all costs. Karate chop, like yes. kick <laughs> through the window, and like right. And it's like, huh, no, like I don't want to do that. God has gone before us; He has already prepare the path he has already created the good work literally he's done all the work we just got to walk in it but sometimes walking means like we are hiking up a trail and it is arduous and it is exhausting and we've got to pack supplies and that means we're carrying a 60 pound backpack I mean it doesn't mean it's always easy no
1: no it doesn't but for us we had to start moving yeah and we did and but he also it was the right time to move yeah you know like I remember times when he was just like just rest and we did. We just hung out, and yeah. I remember it was almost like he gave me this nostalgia ahead of time. I remember this. And I would sit in our apartment, and I'd be like, "I'm gonna miss the days. We just lived in this little apartment yeah. duplex next to Miss Kathy and her cat <laughs> and her chain smoking self. And it would just kind of come through the door yeah. a little bit, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah. Jesus, help us!" Yeah, I knew I had such confidence in what he had spoken that. I was like, I'm yeah. going to be nostalgic for this. And I am and I'm not. I don't yeah. wish I was back there. Yeah. I don't even wish – I cried buckets when we left our last house that was in the ghetto. Yeah. I don't wish we were there. Yeah. I I wish we are where we are. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just so interesting to look back. And he gave us that time. Like, he, yeah. he let us be married and know us because we have roommates and because the last at least three years we've lived on a bus with yeah. lots of people. Yeah. And so that's almost half our marriage because we've been married 6 years. So like if we hadn't had those first 3 years of just us just understanding, we wouldn't know when we're good or when we're not. Yeah. I wouldn't know him like I know him now and yeah. I I know when he I'm like if someone doesn't get this man food before an interview, this interview is going to be worthless. <laughs> like he's just going to be like uh Yeah. Just stuff like that yeah. that like I wouldn't know. Yeah. So wait well my friends.
0: All right, I want to read that verse again. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. God's promises are good and they're true. He is always faithful. He cannot be any less good to you today than he was on Calvary.
1: Yes and amen.
0: Kales, it is my delight that you are my sister and friend. Same. Same. And thanks so much for doing this
1: thanks for having me i just love you so much this was a blast and Thank everyone got too. a definitely more personal interview because i'm so comfortable with you so i was like i'm just telling <laughs> hannah everything and, and uh, oh so, yeah there's a microphone
0: on my face yep
1: <laughs> yep so uh here we go <laughs> the
0: no matter what exclusive with yes. kaylee dickerson all right well, i love you love you too okay friends Thus concludes season one of No Matter What. I cannot believe we're here. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me, for listening to these podcasts. A huge, huge thank you to my dear friend, Shaylee Simeon, who has given me her music to use as my theme song and ads in the middle. I am obsessed with her music. I know you would be too. Go check her out wherever you listen to music. And then thank you to those of you who've gone onto Apple Podcasts specifically and rated and reviewed the show. As you know, it helps other people find our show and hopefully encourage them to be who God created them to be no matter what. We'll see you guys in season two.